You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday with Wayne McCurry, Portfolio Manager at F&B Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. Now, you're in Johannesburg, Wayne, and from last night, the days are getting longer and longer in Johannesburg. Does that mean that you're getting longer and longer as well? And you know what I mean, longer and longer of the market, because this is um, an important day, June the 22nd. Yes. Now, look, I mean, I must say the whole, you know, the whole longest night and all of that, it seems it seems almost a bit of an anticlimax because you don't notice any difference literally almost in months before you actually start to notice the sun's getting up a little bit earlier and going to sleep a little bit later. But just to come back to more serious matters on the market, yeah. look, we've had a proper, proper bear market so far. Right. Uh, I, I looked at some statistics today. The if the market stays where it is by the end of this month, it will be, I think, the second worst first six months of the year on the U.S. markets ever. And certainly the six months for whether it's in the first or, or any any rolling six month period, you know, it's up there with the top 10 falls in the history of the market. So we've had a proper bear market, but just of interest the U.S. bond market has had the worst six months ever in recorded history since 1780 when they started keeping the statistics on the bond market. So, yeah. I mean, you know, pity any bond owners because they got, I mean, properly, properly cleaned out. But now, you know, once again, you've got to, when, whenever in the market, I suppose you've got to fall back on fundamentals and you've got to fall back on, you know, absolute and relative valuation levels and forward valuations. And surprisingly enough, I actually did a bit of work today and looked at all of this. The market is fair value in America. It's not dirt cheap. It is certainly well below, obviously well below overvalued levels. And it is fair value. So in other words, under a normal set of circumstances, in other words, inflation in a normal range, you know, outlooks normal, you would be quite happy to buy at this sort of level. Okay. And I still think if you had to buy now, you'd probably be quite happy in three to five years' time with your purchase. But I don't think it's time yet. Now, I think we are approaching the bottom. Yes. Maybe we're within 5 or 10%. Wait. But norms and, and sentiment is at absolute, yeah. Oh, sorry, you, you, I lost you for a little bit there. You're obviously moving around a bit. But you're saying you think you might be, uh, just because I heard you a little bit, you, we might be between 5 to 10% of the low of the market after the thrashing it's taken over, over the last three, four months. Is that what you're saying? That's that's right. I would think that that's more or less where we are now. I don't think we're going to get a minus 50% on the market uh, because I don't think the economic collapse is going to happen or an economic collapse is going to happen. Yeah. We might go into a recession, but I don't think it's going to be a total economic collapse. So it's more the valuation of the market that's causing the weakness and not the valuation of the market plus collapsing earnings. 
Well, it's interesting you say that, Wayne, because the UK inflation number came out this morning at 8 o'clock um, UK time. And it came in at 9.1%, which was a fresh uh, multi-decade high. But on the other yes. hand, it's gone from 9 to 9.1. And that wasn't the sort of increment to the upside that many people might have been expecting. And the Bank of England, even, that august institution has said they think it's going to go to 11% at some stage during the summer. I don't think so. And I said this to you last week. I said that 8.6 print for US CPI, I thought, might be the near-term high. And... Also, there's a slight sentiment change in the market. Okay, it's very, very brief because the S&P futures market was under enormous pressure around about lunchtime, our time, down around about 1.5%. Now I'm looking at my screen and the S&P futures are up half a percent. It's almost as though there's some bargain hunting going on on here, Wayne. And, I, and, 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 and the thing that backs this up for me is the, uh, the CRB index. And Wayne, after that UK... CPI print, uh, that's consumer price inflation of 9.1%. Okay, it was this multi-decade high, um, as I said. But on the other hand, the to me, inflation and interest rates are the biggest drivers of the bear market. And I'm looking now at my CRB index, and CRB stands for Commodity Research Bureau. And the, the, the page flashes up every morning, and I look at it gleefully, and it says here... Uh, crude oil in the States down 5.5%, Brent crude oil uh, down 4.3%, natural gas down slightly, uh, gasoline prices down 2.3%, heating oil down one4 silver down 06 copper down 2.5%, and so it goes on. Soybeans down 0.9%, uh, iron ore down 5%. And I think to myself, this filters through to inflation, and if it filters yes. through to inflation, then the peak might already be there for US inflation. Therefore, the pace of interest rate rises might uh, might not be quite as as quick as many people are predicting. And maybe that's the end of it. Maybe that's the end of the bear market. Just that's, that's just the bull in me. I think I think you've got a very some very valid points there. We spoke about this last week as to whether we're at the peak of inflation. We we either at the peak or we are incredibly close to the peak. Yes. Now, now, inflation's in in three areas. Number one, oil. Now, oil's already below one hundred and ten dollars a barrel. Yes, and it is. maybe it falls even more. But I mean, that's debatable. Who knows? I think eighty is a more normal price for oil, and I think it will go there. But that's just my opinion. Second, but in the second place we're getting inflation is crude inflation. Now, the supply response on food is extremely strong and extremely quick. So by this time next year, we will have strongly negative food inflation. So that doesn't worry me at all. And then the third place there is inflation is in wages. Now, if you go into a recession, even if it's a mild recession or the economy slows down, food inflation disappears like the morning mist. Yeah. You know, so I don't think there'll be food inflation next year. So my scenario, and once again, maybe it is being a little bit too too bullish, but my scenario is that by, let's just say, the second half of next year, because I don't know the timing, we could have U.S. inflation below 3%. And then the interest rate cuts will come in the second half, maybe towards the end of the year, and then definitively, the market will go up. Now, the market will probably anticipate that. But the absolute key to all of this is 
just look at the oil price. You know, if oil carries on falling a little bit, then we have seen the peak of inflation. Then inflation will fall both here and overseas. And then we are, let's call it, on the recovery path to going down towards more normal inflation. And then we've probably, you know, very close to the end of the bear market. Yeah. But it's it's difficult to it's difficult to predict these sorts of things when you are or even discuss or even look look in, you know forecast into the future when you are at this absolute peak of pessimism. I mean, the world's coming apart when you when when you when you talk to some people now that they they cannot see any light at the end of the tunnel, but it's an absolutely dead normal. Market, in a bear market, bear markets happen very regularly. They are part and parcel of investing in anything, you know, and, you know, every, every bull market is followed by a bear market and every bear market is followed by a recovery and a bull market except in two instances where that didn't happen. Yeah. Well, it's exactly the same as life, Wayne. I mean, if you live in Cape Town, for example, and you happen to live near the um, uh, the Table Mountain Range, not just Table Mountain itself, but the whole range, you know, around Chapman's Peak or going down towards Cape Point, wherever it is, occasionally, you get these these lovely periods where, where the, the mountain is lovely and healthy, and then suddenly, bang, there's a stroke of uh, a flash of lightning, and there's a fire, and the fire burns away for, for a few days, and it causes a lot of problem, and it makes headlines uh, but then it's out and after it's out then yes. things grow back again and even more beautifully and it's almost i mean yep. it sounds like a flowery analogy but it's the same thing with a bear market you need to flush things out exactly the same. Hmm. you need a bear market every now and again you've got to thresh out a bear market is a wonderful thing in a certain respects hmm. and the and, and the few reasons why a bear market is a wonderful thing is it truly shows you the good companies from the bad companies. It, it truly shows you it. You know, literally, you know, uh, a rising tide lifts all boats. Eh? A bull market lifts all boats. Yes. But, you know, when the tide goes out, you see who's been swimming naked, just to use more analogies. Thank you, Mr. Buffett. Um, yeah. So you've got to – it shows you who the – it shows you good quality companies. The second thing a bear market does – is it flushes out all the massive optimism and massive overvaluations and hype out of the system. It just cleans it out totally. So either the companies disappear as in the dot-com bubble and many, many other bubbles, but certainly the excess valuations just disappear. And then the third and the best thing that a, that a bear market does is it gives you a chance to buy those good companies at very reasonable prices. And, I mean, investing is a strange game. Hmm. Essentially, it's it's how long you stay in the market essentially determines your outcome. I mean, assuming you've got a diversified portfolio, blah, blah, all, this, all those other good things. But your absolute return is is almost dictated to by when what price you buy the you buy shares at you know if you fortuitous enough to have a bit of spare cash on hand and after a proper bear market hits you go and buy shares all your returns are boosted enormously by that by that decision now it's very hard 
to call the top in the market. It's extremely hard because you are so surrounded by good news. And I mean, I don't know whether I'm, I actually don't know whether I'm a value investor or a growth investor. I actually don't know. But true value investors always sell out possibly even years too early and get caned for that. But then they buy back hopefully at the right price. So, but the point of this whole long discussion is it's actually easier to call the bottom of the market than the top. I'm not saying you can get it right, but it's actually easier because bear markets happen quickly. Eh? Yeah, historically you know, they, they 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 quick. Mm. And I once again, I looked at the progress of the markets now from their peak to where we are today. Yes, and certainly. It's 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 almost it's you know it's almost as bad as what it has ever been you know so we've got we've had a proper proper bear market you know maybe I my sentiment is a little bit shielded this bear market I I, I don't feel uh, you know as uh, as disturbed by this bear market as what other bear markets have disturbed me because uh, you mean you always get disturbed when share prices start to fall because you're losing money. But this one hasn't really affected me nearly as much as what other bear markets have. But we have had a proper bear market. Yeah, we have. And it was swift and it was clinical as well, wasn't it? I mean, uh, yes. uh, you talk about the boats being floated by a rising tide. I mean, uh, this yeah. was this was uh, people, as you said at the end of that statement, yeah, people really were swimming naked uh, when, when this, this yeah. thing happened. And again, it's, it's very cleansing. It's very good. It's the rats and mice are out yeah. of the market now. I mean, and now serious people like was, you can start to yeah. apply your trade. I mean, maybe two or three days ago, I can't remember exactly when I looked at it, maybe a week ago, but I looked at the Fang shares, now yes. the Mang shares. Mm. Okay. Oh, Meta, yes, okay. Net, net, Netflix is down 70% from its peak. Quite right. All the others are down 50% from their peak, except Google, which is down 25% from their peak. Mm. I mean, that's a proper clean out, eh? Yeah, it really is. And it also says something about the nature of the market. Netflix was was always going to uh, come up against competition. Okay, it's got these huge studios. Yes. It's probably it's, it's, it probably rivals any Hollywood studio now when it comes to new productions. Oh, hugely so. But that's, hugely so. Yeah, but that that's, that, that that costs a lot of money. And yeah, I honestly can say in my life, I I haven't subscribe to netflix okay i piggyback on other people's netflixes uh, uh, but they'll, they'll they'll clamp down on that quite soon as well i'm sure i think they already yes, are yes. actually and the other one what was down 50 percent um you said well well all, all, all of them you know facebook hmm. um amazon everything except google exactly and that tells you something google was down only 25 percent, and that does tell you something really yes. does tell you something I mean, that the barriers amazon, to entry percent Mm. The barriers yeah. to entry, sorry to interrupt, the barriers to entry in the Google market are very, very high because it is such a name. It's, it's like a it's like a Hoover. You don't say, I don't say I'm going to vacuum yeah. the, 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 the carpet, dear. I'll say, um, going I'm going to Hoover the, uh, the market. I'm going to Google yeah. something. I'm not going to Bing something or Yahoo something. No. I Google it. Or, yeah, or whatever. I don't even know any other search engines, to be honest. Nor do I. You're going to Google it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... And I mean, net, Netflix, surprising enough, I virtually only watch Netflix now. I, I, mm. I watch DSTV so seldom. I mean, I watch the news in the morning. Right. And there's maybe one or two programs I'll watch. 
And then when I do watch a bit of rugby with the world's biggest rugby fan, you then are. we watch Netflix. Oh, you're wa- your no, partner, no, no, you no, mean? No. Your partner? Yeah. She she is the world's biggest rugby fan. I bet she wasn't after and, the uh, Stormers-Bulls game because from what I've heard, it was a disgrace. It was it, it, it sullied the name of rugby. Stormers-Bulls over the last weekend. I'd, I'd invite your comment on that one, please. We actually did watch it. I didn't. I, I, I didn't think it was that bad. Shapiro but says yeah. it was, and he's my he's my oracle. Yeah, I didn't think it was that bad, but I'm I'm taking the world's biggest rugby fan mm-hmm. to her first live Springbok game in August, uh, playing New Zealand. How are you? Yeah, so the world's biggest rugby fan is terribly excited about this. I'm sure she is, and I'm sure she'll show her appreciation, uh, Wayne. But if she's the world's biggest rugby fan, why has she never been to a live game? Because she only became the world's biggest rugby fan. We we watched quite a bit of rugby the last World Cup, Mm. but then when Chasing the Sun came on. What's that? That TV program. It was a TV program about the the whole build-up and winning the World Cup. It was a a special one aired on Mnet on a Sunday night. It was mm. about five or six episodes. And it was a fantastic program. Right. There's another one on now about the British Lions tour uh, as well. But the world's biggest rugby fan watched that program and she was absolutely hooked on rugby. Mm. And, uh, and it knows all the technical terms. It knows most. It knows more of the rugby rules than what I do. Um, and we don't miss, you know, a big game. It's a shame, actually. I mean, I say that because I'm not a big rugby fan. I'm the world's biggest football fan. Uh, but uh, it's yeah. a shame I couldn't sort of sit her down. We'll send you out and you can uh, you go and tinker with your cars. And I'll sit down with the world's biggest rugby fan and show her a few uh, Lionel Messi uh, videos and, and things like that. Maybe I can bring her back to the real world and take her from rugby to football. I don't know. Maybe no, she's a little bit... No, I don't bit... think so. No, nah, really? Is it is it already I, baked I in? Think... Okay. I think it's baked in. Uh, mm, uh, yeah. It's a pissy. So, anyway, so we're going to, we're going to go see the... New Zealand game, which I think will be fantastic. Of course it will. Um, Wayne, uh, just, just on that, so 5 to 10% may be on the downside. I mean, uh, you know, a bear market doesn't just suddenly stop. I mean, there's rallies like we've got today, almost like a bear, yes. buy the dips market rather than a sell the rallies market in the last uh, 48, uh, 72 hours of trading or so. But uh, it, it never quite works like that. So we're going to have a little, a few little wobbles. Are you starting to have a look and saying to yourself and to your team, maybe we should start easing some money in now? We have, we we are busy having these discussions. But as in any team, there are, let's call it moderates, hmm. uh, and the excessive bulls and excessive bears. So we are still working through the system. All right. I'm sure the voice of reason will... And surprisingly enough, enough, the biggest bears are the newest members because they haven't experienced a bear market before. And they're enjoying it, I would imagine. Yeah, it's quite fun. terrifying them. Bear market's terrifying them because they've only known bull market. (laughs) So the guys are terrified. It's interesting. It's human psychology, yeah? Yes, it is. Everything is. Everything is altered down to human beings. 
Um, Wayne, um, as we speak, the S&P is up um, two-thirds of a, a, a percent. Um, let's move on to food now, if we can. I haven't really got a food story for you, but there's this painter chap that uh, visits the south of the Netherlands every um, every two, three months or so. He's a good fellow. His name is Christian. His English is uh, much better than my German, but his English isn't very good. So, you know, we, we, um, we, we, we converse in uh, sign language and um, and beers down the pub but he lost 25 yes. kilograms going through a protein diet in other words he just ate meat once a week he eats a, a big pile of potatoes and corn and or you know mealies rather and um, rice and that sort of thing he allows himself that but otherwise he went on this just purely protein diet with a bit of salad here and there and he lost 25 kilograms and also gave up booze but um, the, 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 which was an important part but have you ever indulged yourself yes. in one of those diets or are you just too you, no, you're too no, measured no. in order to need to do so. No, I, 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 I've never been that sort of extreme on anything because I was badly scarred by my upbringing in Kimberley. Your mother. Because my parents were on perpetual diet. I, I'd never known my mom and, and my dad never to not be on diet, ever. Oh. They were on diet for decades and decades and decades. Were they fat? Wayne. Unfortunately, when I asked Wayne if his parents were fat, his line died. And I'm sure it was accidental or I'm sure his battery ran out or he went through a black spot or something. But anyway, lots of insight from Wayne McCurry. And Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FMB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. And he'll be back same time next week with Wayne on Wednesday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.